So wait, all was uh all's at peace in the world. The wolves are the wolves are no, are no longer at the doorstep. Wait, who are the wolves? Uh, I'm afraid uh, due to contractual obligations and a, a couple non disclosures, I cannot say anything about that. Okay. That's more of a it's more of a more of a feeling than a than a person. Fair enough. I got some new uh new britches the other day. What's up? I got some new britches the other day. Oh, are you what are you sponsored now? What is this? This is an ad read for uh, battle briefs use ten ten dollar <laughs> discount code in the No, uh the well I guess it was longer than the other day. Remember when we stopped by five eleven? Yeah. So they finally have like the the pants like I like. Yeah. Like if they're stretchy. I don't know what you call this shit. They're super comfortable. Oh, you're talking about britches, not underwear. You're talking about pants. pants. Britches. I always thought britches was underwear. No. I'm sorry I wasn't born in the 1700s. I guess, uh, I guess it could be whatever you wanted to be. Your britches. You know what? I'm looking this up. Britches. It's pants, man. <laughs> That's what's come up over there on far rides is definitely not britches. Oh, God. Britches is not even the, 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 the correct word. So britches is like a... Uh, like a form from the British breeches, which are like trousers. Interesting. And they have like the leggings and they have like the bulky the little pantaloons yeah. over it. That's what I always wondered where breeches come from. Breeches. <laughs> Fucking white people. <laughs> Just taking European culture and ruining yeah. it. Breeches. <laughs> um <laughs> Nice. So five eleven pants are, are goaded. I don't remember what they're called. I need to get you to pair of Lululemon. Uh, how about no? Just like, but like they're just the most comfortable pants you'll ever wear. And you're like, holy shit. These are uh, pretty fantastic. Time will tell how well they hold up. Because the Magellans have been doing really well for about three years now. Yeah. It's quite a bit of abuse. What is as comfy as my Kuyus. So what's going on? In, what's going on in your world? Everything. Does it, not just, see, does, it, does it just not seem quieter in the world to you today? Not really. I've been listening to podcasts all day while I was working. Oh. Just racking. Yeah. It's very quiet in here. It is very quiet in here. <laughs> maybe. Oh, all the voices in my head are quiet. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe the voices in your head are quiet today. I, I think that's what it is on a little vacay. Mm, that's good. Well, uh, I guess we're going to do a Q&A today. Q&A. There's, so, I've been purposely not answering questions <laughs> for, this, for this moment. I don't, I, I, we're probably going to have too many to fit into one episode, so I guess we'll Yeah, see. no, there's, I was like, this quickly got out of hand. Uh, but we'll get to as many as we can. Um, I'm just not looking forward to editing this because I'm going to have to like ding each comment. Ding. Yeah. So, uh, you know, yeah, we're basically from, we had posted the last two Q and A's. We told you guys to start commenting and that we're going to try and like wrap them up into videos, make it easier, um, for everybody. So I will be reading through your comments. I will be, uh, liking them and then popping them up in the video and the Wade will give you his thoughts. First question. Uh, what SIG BDX scope do you recommend for a six arc? Ooh, the uh, 3 to 18, easy 6 BDX. Uh, I actually have one on my 18 inch. Well, we did a video on it. At yeah, I think somewhere. it happened in between now and when this comes <laughs> Somewhere. The easy 6 BDX uh, 3 to 18, fantastic. Uh, which we've done 
I think we've done reels on it, like that particular scope and everything else. Uh, it's I'm I have one on my 18 inch. I love it, like for a predator hunting slash long range hunting slash deer hunting setup. Freaking fantastic! I mean, you gotta understand for the price point of the optic, you're not getting like I think it was around thousand dollars somewhere around there or something like that. You're not getting like a thousand dollar glass total. It's a because it has a Bluetooth and all that stuff, and uh, those have a little bit darker of a uh, lens coating. However, the glass is clear. It is a fantastic option for the price point, especially given like what all the BDX system can do, and then the new EZ Six BDX like reticle and everything is spot on. Like I, I freaking love those things. I can't wait to see where they go with. It. Uh, so next question, and this is going to be an interesting one. What is your recommendation for a pin and weld suppressor mount slash muzzle device for a 14 and a half inch six arc? Ooh. Ooh. Pin and weld. Let's see. It, it's going to highly depend on the can that you're going with. Um, yes. I mean, without knowing how long they are offhand, that couldn't say. I mean, 14 and a half. I, I just now started testing out the new Zeno. Yeah. Did I finally? Uh, I think that one would probably be long enough. If if it is, I would check out that system. You know, I, th- I'm glad this got brought up because I was thinking about it the other day. Like, there's other companies that do uh, muzzle devices specifically for this that work with, like, the plan, the plan B and stuff like that. Uh I can't remember the name of the company. Rendering, rendering, Reardon. Reardon. I think they do some. That Blackout Defense does some. Because the sad part about, like, I was looking at the, the I think it's Springfield 14 and a half inch option we have at the store. It has some weird thing pinned well to I'm just like, yeah. you know, what if you want to run suppressor? Like, it seems like they would maybe pair with Dead Air or someone like that, like, get something figured out. Uh, there, I mean, there's a couple, co- a couple other companies out there that specifically do muzzle devices that will work with current stuff, and just I can't recall them, all of them off the top of my head. Like, I'm gonna post a link. Uh, my response is gonna be a link to this uh, Bear Arms who did a. They have a spreadsheet, but there's a specifically for 13.7 inch that reaches 16. Oh, so it'd be fun with all the information. But yeah, we don't really have a specific uh, recommendation. Yeah, but because I mean, you go chemo, right? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. But <laughs> well, like that's that's the hardest thing is like what like wh- what are you doing with your rifle? Well, what's this? What's the suppressor to? Or like what's the, yeah? That's the hardest part. Uh, yeah, because I mean that's gonna determine a lot. You know whether it's a lightweight setup or not. I can't wait till we have enough negative comments. <laughs> one of those <laughs> i know right <laughs> actually we probably have enough to go all the way back and forward probably have just enough for a 12 minute talk um i don't know if you want to answer this one so i'll read it and you can say yeah or nay because uh when loading your ammo that you sell are you using book overall length like i'm trying to create a load that both my six creeds can shoot instead of loading the lands on each rifle and having two different loads yes i will answer that uh here's the easiest part of it load to mag length it depends on the projectile load to mag length book length whatever don't worry about trying to get on lands and all that other crap 
Just, most of these projectiles nowadays are very jump tolerant. Like, is it would it be tolerant or intolerant? Like, it doesn't matter. Tolerant, yeah. The, it's going to be fine. Because he said he's shooting six Creed, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the if you wanted to be close to lands, because if you're one of those people, you could, you know, get all the stuff and measure, you know. But at the end of the day, just load the book length, especially if you're new to it. If you're new enough to ask this question, load a book length, make sure it fits in the mags you're running, go from there. Yeah. If you're loading good ammo, uh, paired up properly, it's going to shoot fine. Yeah. Probably, I mean. Jump tolerant? Caveat. Would it be caveat? Yeah. Certain burger, burger projectiles don't like a lot of jump. And and if you're loading 108 graders, did he say what he's loading? No. If you're loading 108 graders, I wouldn't even worry about it. Like 105s, 108s, stuff like that. Don't worry about it. Like trying to get up in the lands and all that crap, which you shouldn't anyways. But less, uh, certain burger projectiles are less tolerant of jump. Yeah. Uh, if he's loading like <coughs> varmint projectiles, which you know could be the case, load the book book uh, col. Mm-hmm. Just just roll with that. Like, don't worry. Don't spend your time worrying about that bullshit. It's not really worth the time. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Um, good no BS stuff. Do you notice that the stainless steel pin tumbling peens the case mounts on your prepped brass? I haven't. Never have. And I, I mean, I'll. Uh, hmm. Not that I recall. I think I think if you're if you're getting that, probably need to add a little bit more water. <laughs> I don't, you know, uh, just whatever. Generally speaking, if you like buy like certain companies stuff, they're gonna have instructions. They're gonna give you like how much water to put in, how much stainless steel media, you know, so on and so forth. Just go off what they say. Uh, I've never witnessed it myself at any of my brass. Any ideas on when Ally will get in some six millimeter arc variant loads? I don't know if that's Ally Outdoors, Ally Munitions. Um, either way, the answer is the same. Yeah, kind of. Munitions were, they're still saying like, you know, late summer time frame on brass. I assure you, as soon as it's in, we're going to be rock and rolling. As far as factory ammo, We've ordered a bunch through outdoors and we're still waiting on it. So I would assume just as, I don't know what Horty's waiting on. Like, yeah. I don't, like, it's getting pretty, pretty slim pickings out there. So no idea. <laughs> I, I just run underneath the assumption late summer, early fall on both. Probably just as a guess. <clears throat> this guy says, uh, New to the gas gun world, have a six millimeter arc, been reloading for a while, and was wondering what gas gun to look for. With gas guns, what to look for on brass signs, wanting to load for coyotes and fox since you were talking about reloading. I was wondering what you looked for. And Same thing. Uh, I'm watching the primer first. Look, watch your book. You know, watch your book, and what they call is like max pressure. It's based off of like their pressure testing equipment. Mm-hmm. But. You can push a little bit harder, but just watch the brass for uh, ejector swipes first. I mean, AR-15s are pretty 
known for just chewing up brass. But you can still like as you as you're watching your buck like on charge weights and stuff like that, you're still watching your brass for like signs of pressure. You know. As in the uh ejector. Ejector swipe. Okay. Sometimes that could be its own little thing. Sometimes on AR fifteen platforms, excessive like chew marks and stuff like that. Like that's your it's gonna like run would be consequential like what sync like i don't know how you say that like the brass is gonna because it's more violent typically it's gonna chew up the brass a little bit more like pieces are gonna get you know like beating around quite a bit more it's gonna like run at the same time as that like pressure sign from your ejector does that make sense yeah how would you say sequential like what's like at the same time um it'd be like uh oh gosh uh coinciding yes hey. <laughs> start doing this after a day of like it being in utter silence and not talking to people i'm like me brain no work good. words what does that mean what is the office where he's like why do many word when few word do same <laughs> uh yeah, I mean, some people like like watch the ejection patterns and all that bullshit, but just watch your brass. If you're first starting out, like to the point where you have to ask these questions, just watch the book. What the book says, go off those charge weights. And like, no, if you're like four grains over what their max is and you start seeing ejector swipes, probably, <laughs> probably there, uh, you know, Maybe that's a whole other topic for another day alone for AR 15s. Cause yeah, we'll get into that another day. <laughs> um, this person, I'm thinking about picking up the CMMG resolute Mark four, six millimeter. Okay. Look at picking up the CMG uh, six arc. Uh, do you have any opinions on six CMMG in general? I know like all the, I don't have one of those yet. Uh, you know, it takes time to buy all this crap up. Because a few times I bought them for the store, like typically what I do is I like buy one, check it out in person, put it out. Well, like as soon as it sells, buy two. And generally, typically speaking, I'll buy the second one. Uh, I just hadn't got another one in because we've been so busy with everything else. Yeah, uh, but the you... first one sold immediately. I've watched a bunch of reviews on like some, a few channels that I do trust on stuff like that. Good reviews. Uh, but I haven't bought one yet. You know, I just looked up and everybody was making one. Yeah. So now it's like, oh, I got to buy this one. Got to buy that one. And it just hasn't come back up yet. <laughs> the reviews have been strong. Like it's been good. Um, and this is in regards to your six arc video. Uh, why would you not go below uh, 60 grain projectiles? Any reason or just a preference? RPMs. Uh, was that all they said? Yeah. RPMs, you know, 58 grain. That's why I kind of just said 60. Yeah. 58 grain is going to, you're going to, you know, based off of what's known about bullet RPMs and stuff like that. But, you know, what the threshold is for getting splash on an animal. Yeah. 65, just be safe and stick, it, stick with 65 unless you're getting into like the 14 and a half. Maybe even 16, but even still my 16, I'm going to run 65s in it. Yeah. Uh, but it's also kind of depends on what bullet you're running. Like there's 
several different variables to this. Like, <clears throat> typically speaking, the uh, nozzler ballistic tip varmint has a little bit of base to it. So even if you do push it like up upper higher RPMs to where technically like a traditional varmint bullet might explode because it does have that base to it. It may be okay for the like over 300 K RPM yeah. threshold, but just like we were talking with the Sergeant of arms guy, uh, I had several people reach out to me and it was like, Lily was like half and half, half of them said, no, you're right on the RPM threshold. And half of them said, well, I'm doing this with mine, which the problem with all of that is, is like, you don't know, actually know what their velocity is and everything else. Yeah. And so like not everybody runs chronographs and they're just guessing at their velocity based off of a book and, or, or they're just like, right on the other side. Like they're like right under the, the edge yeah. and they're like, yeah, for whatever reason they're, or like, again, bear, like I don't even remember what, we, what all we got into on that podcast. Like barrel twist is a, may, a huge factor. And when you calculate RPMs, it's based off like known barrel twists. How many of these people actually measure their barrel twist? Because what by the math could potentially be like right on the threshold. Yeah. In reality, they may have like a slightly slower barrel twist, which keeps them actually under the threshold. Yeah. So the only way to do this, and like the last time I did like extensive RPM testing was years ago at this point. And I've just, you know, if you want to be safe, always keep it underneath 300,000, which again, there's exceptions to everything, but that's going to kind of cover you in a grand scheme of things. What we need to do is go back, order a ton of gel, which this shit costs a lot of money. It takes a lot of time. Yeah. And and when is our time to do it? Is not you're yeah. not going to want to do it in the middle of I summer. Was, I was wanting to do it this summer. Yeah, uh, just you know, stick them in the fridge, maybe even the freezer, and you know, get them just right there, a little bit colder, and do it super early in the mornings. Get as many as you can, but you know, time. Uh, that was on the docket for the summer, and that kind of wait. Thanks, how, Brandon. How, long, how long of a range? How long of a range do you need? <laughs> we could do it at Ally in a hundred. But it's still. I was gonna say, but if you could pick the right week, just shut down the hundred yard for a week or whatever, <laughs> and just do the. I mean, you could do it out here at night, but it's just like there's so much shit. When like, because there's new bullets, their their manufacturing's changed a little bit. Some jacket thickness has changed. Like, it seems to me, potentially going off what people are saying about like the newer ELD, ELDX is like potentially they changed that bullet design slightly. But since I originally tested everything, but. Like the amount of stuff I want to do, it's it's literally like a week's worth of testing. I obviously want to film it and, you know, all that crap. But that's a long answer to the question. Yeah. But right now I'm still sticking with like go with a 65 grain on it. Don't worry about any length of barrels, like 65 grain and heavier for now. Yes. <laughs> the... The exception is if you're running 14 and a half, 12 and a half, it's fine. Go down a little bit lighter. So uh, this question, didn't one of you buy a 12.5 Noveski 6 arc barrel? Any thoughts on it? Uh, it's sitting in a bed with all my other projects. <laughs> I'm not allowed to do anything anymore. <sighs> we'll eventually. I literally, I have the, I'm pretty sure I have <laughs> all the parts for that gun. Like all, like upper, like everything. I just haven't thought about it. We'll eventually get around to it. I'm going to go ahead and throw it. Do you know what gas gas system is on it? 
Oh, I'm curious. You like it? I'm gonna go ahead and throw out like my thoughts right now. Like I wouldn't want one underneath fourteen half, and unless you're just dying to have a SBR, you can potentially pin weld or whatever. Uh, I wouldn't have one underneath sixteen inch. That's just that's gonna be a gassy bitch. (laughs) I would, as much as it pains me to say this, I would run a flow through on that bitch. That's the plan. This guy was going to get one of the uh, CGS cans. Definitely would not do a traditional. And and if you don't reload, I, I don't even think I'd run that one. Cause just because, like, the 108s, the 105s, all that shit, like, Horty makes is very, like, super gassy and everything. Like, I don't, mm-mm. <laughs> it's just <laughs> hard no unless you're going to load for it and probably run a flow through. Like, if... If I did those two, or or maybe even like a piston driven system, uh, twelve and a half, it'd still be badass. Don't get me wrong, but it would just running factory ammo would be very unpleasant to shoot unless you're running like a flow through type suppressor. So this guy said uh, he just got a Unitaw Precision six millimeter arc, uh, twenty two inch barrel that fits on AR lowers. Um, he has a receiver set that he's going to build out. He wants a, a semi auto six arc uh, upper to go along with it. I mean, he plans on hunting deers, hogs, and might have the opportunity for Coyote and Bobcat, but it's like be able to shoot targets to 700 to 1,000 yards. He's asking if, would you go 18 inch for the gas gun or go shorter? How far is he wanting to hunt out to? He didn't say hunting. He, he just, he might. Target? Be, yeah. If he's it, just going to target shoot out that far, just run with the 16 inch. 16 yeah. or 18. It's fine. Uh, if you want to hunt out to those ranges. I'd probably run 18 or longer. Like yeah. if you want to, like you want to get that ring out as much velocity so you can carry that energy down range. Cause the 14, five, like if you look at the numbers, like uh, appropriate bullet expansion on like target bullets, yes, I hunt with target bullets, get over yourself. Uh, 14, five technically is like 600 in top, you know, territory, yeah. which is fantastic for a 14 half inch rifle. But if you just like 16, 18 inch, like it's going to do it all. Like, like I said, that one video, uh, by now, those people have probably seen it. 18 inches. Like it's kind of do it all. Fantastic setup. Yeah. Um, this one Wade, my friend, I'm a big fan, but I think you overran your headlights by a little bit. <laughs> a high BC six arc bullet shot with a muzzle velocity of 2750. We'll have an 800 yard velocity of approximately 1400 feet per second and an energy level of 500 foot pounds. This is far below killing velocity energy, even for Texas white tails. At that range, you are punching pencil holes through our deer. Did you really mean to say that? Can you read my... my yeah. My... Yeah, your response. Uh, not with proper projectiles. Trust me, I've seen me do it. <laughs> uh, well, I think that's... Again, that's and that's why I wanted to read it, even though you commented on that, is just to uh, give some context surrounding... <sighs> like... Again, energy, whilst a factor of the equation, is an... And energy is not direct direct reflection of the bullet's ability to kill anything. Also, on paper, energy is not a direct or direct reflection upon what actually happens on the animal. This has been my complaint forever. Like the way they come up with these energy, like I don't even keep, give a shit about energy. I give a shit about velocity. In what velocity does that bullet stop opening at? Yeah, as far as it pertains to hunting, uh, energy. Energy, the energy levels that they give you in your little BC calculators and everything else is literally just a math equation. The reality of the situation is there's no, there's no way like a bullet that just zips through an animal 
well, as opposed to a bullet that is expanding and like exploding and it's dumping all of its energy inside the animal. Those, we're talking about two totally different things. Like it well, there's not a there's not a statistic that we can use to describe the bullet's ability to transfer its energy onto the target, and that's really when you come down to the performance of something. That's the that's what you want to know is how does this bullet transfer the energy in, into the target or the yeah. And the best, I mean, the best way you can, you shouldn't even worry about the energy displacement because it's, it's, it's just a mathematical number. We don't actually know what it's doing to the animal. Yeah. As he stated, what you should worry about is through testing and like going off of manufacturers, what they say, and you should test yourself velocity, what the velocity is well, yeah, cause you, I mean, at the, that target. The, the, the energy is just a factor of the weight of the projectile and the velocity. So you should just really know, okay, this, this is the projectile class weight that I want to be in. And then what's the velocity of that? You don't even have to dip in an energy. No, it's they're used. Then that comes from like a, the old adage of like, you need to have like 800 or yeah. 900 or a thousand foot pounds of energy at whatever range like, to effectively kill a white tail size game target, 500 foot pounds for a coyote. And it's just like, no, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's because again, it's based off of equation that it's not, it's not realistic because like I said, if you shoot something with an FMJ or a green tip or whatever that zips through an animal, or if you run a target bullet or a varmint bullet, like the, the energy transfer onto the animal is going to be vastly different even if they are same weight traveling at the same velocity. Yeah. Like it's vastly different. Now I'm sure somebody much smarter than myself, like they, there should be a way to where they can like Brian Liz, for example, can uh, like start putting together a library of like each individual bullet, what it does, like how much expansion, how much the animal weighs and like what the actual energy is going to be, which that would take lots and lots of testing and mathematical equations that are far too advanced for a hillbilly like myself. Yeah. <laughs> but as of right now, just go off the velocity of projectile based off of like what the manufacturer says. If you haven't done the testing yourself to see if like this bullet expands at certain velocities, you need to just go up like most manufacturers are going to give you a recommended velocity where this projectile will stop expanding and just pinhole through. But that said, let's talk about pinhole through. It is highly popular amongst many hunters. I was just going to say they, the, the, the old mentality <laughs> tries to have it both ways. Yeah. They trying to say that simultaneously, like, Oh, it's just a target. Just going to put a small hole through the animal. But then they have like this weird obsession with creating a giant exit wound from a blood trailing. And it's like, you can't have it both ways. You know, something getting through, you know, in an ideal world, even I guess with their mentality, that bullet would just like almost like fall, like, like just like fall out of the edge of the outside of the animal. But that's not really what happens. <laughs> that's not what happens. With it's just wasted energy that's not being imparted onto the exactly. tissue. Uh, you know, this needs to be its own whole other podcast, like talking about bullet performance. Have we done one about bullet performance? I know we did match. We did. We did match bullet suck for hunting. But we need to like go back into this and like go hardcore. Maybe get someone else in here that like either is staunchly against what I say or shares my opinions. Yeah. Because it, it's super interesting. It's like of the hundreds and potentially thousands of animals I've harvested at this point over the life my lifetime 
The only animals I've seen run away were the ones shot with like a traditional traditional style hunting bullet that goes all the way through. Perfect shots right through the heart. And yeah, as they run off, like you're seeing all the blood just pump out like crazy. But every other animal I've seen go straight down was with a uh, more of a match style bullet that yeah. dumps every bit of its energy inside the animal. It gr- basically on, grenades inside. On the fucking organ. Yeah, and everything around it. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, yeah. You can run your math and all that other bullshit. I've done it. <laughs> well, it, I've seen what it could do. Okay, get away from like if you were to design the perfect thing to kill somebody, wouldn't it be something that like goes in, travels like literally halfway into the body, and then just explodes? Absolutely. Like that's that would seem like it'd be the most effective way to do it. Absolutely. And so yeah, yeah. Just and now, now there's just the throw a. Now that uh, 300 blackout and 8.6 have become a thing in the the popularity of solids and expanding solids and all that other bullshit, now enter in rotational energy into the equation, but also like that we need to do a whole podcast on that stuff. Yeah. Because the weirdest thing about it is, okay, Let's talk rotational energy or whatever. Obviously, the higher RPMs you can spin something, the more violent the explosion is going to be, the more the energy is going to transfer into the mm-hmm. target. Like, I like how they're just like, this is, oh, no one knew this. It's like varmint hunters are like, yeah, we've been knowing this for quite some time. It's figuring out like the perfect mm-hmm. scenario not to like with traditional varmint, varmint bullets, especially like thin jacketed. They're going to start overspending 300 grain projectiles. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's been known for a long time. Like the, the perfect scenario is you match the twist with the projectile and the velocity to where it does like make entry and then it explode because it dumps all the energy into them. But when you start getting into like those kind of calibers, if you were just running like a generic, eight twists on something like that one it's probably not going to shoot where the shit two almost anything you put through it's going to pinhole unless it was like some like one of horny subsonic type projectiles that are meant to expand on on like nothing but what they found it seems as if what they found i need to brush up on this subject uh what they their findings with all that shit is the amount of rpms like they're running one in one and one three twist barrels but as like they told it to be this like great for long range subsonic type hunting bullet. But what they found is like spinning them that damn fast is they're like tracking off even further, like uh spin drift, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. all that bullshit. And all that shit's like super interesting to me. Cause I'm just like, yeah, we've been knowing that, that like the faster you spin it, the better, but also like it's even more applicable. Yeah. Did I say that properly? Yep. Nailed it to Some the, the expanding applicable applicable <laughs> the expanding solids yeah because you need because what you're losing in velocity you need that in rotational i don't know it's all that shit's super interesting I, I love where we're going though like with everything like they're figuring out more and more cool shit about the solids and well, I, I, what, I, what i actually think is interesting because they're they, with the eight six stuff they're shooting a lot of the bigger animals is it seems like to me, at least at a point, you're going to hit it where you're, you know, if you're relying on that RPM so much, like shooting lighter things 
you're going to run into issues with getting it to actually like stop its energy. Like, yeah. I mean, like, I don't know where that, where that line is, but somewhere there's that line where, you know, it's, there's too much energy and then the, the weight of the target isn't enough to get it to like, you know, right. yeah. get your appropriate expansion. <clears throat> so that'll be, I don't know. I wish I like, I wish there was more like, they like had the details out there on all that. Cause I, I don't know everybody's experimenting with it, but either way, um, <laughs> that's that a long it's really that was long, a response, long to response to that question <laughs> yeah ken fallen says have you experienced any bullet movement in your testing of six arc i'm using an 18 inch wilson combat with mid-length gas and my bullets will jump thirty thousands longer when uh firing a magazine you cannot mimic this one chambering around he've installed adjustable gas blocks it's helped to some degree maybe only down to ten thousands now but still having issues so what what i'm guessing the 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 projectiles inside the magazine are pushing out thirty thou, or just one one chambers. When uh, when he'll chamber one separately without a magazine, it sounds like, and it'll happen. But then whenever he's, I guess when they're feeding from the magazine, uh, run tighter neck tension. Yeah, it's almost all ARs cramped or not. When you uh you know pull that old charge handle back and let her let her eat. A lot of them are going to jump. Uh, shit, I had my book out and I was looking at because I've been testing it. Like different neck tensions, how much jump and all that stuff. All of them are going to do it. I don't care if it's crimped or whatever. I don't crimp nothing. The cantilevers. <laughs> I don't crimp shit. Like I don't even worry about it. Uh, but you probably need to, if it's if it's jumping 30,000 inside your magazine, uh, before you do anything, Run a little bit tighter neck tension. Uh, yeah. Past that, uh, maybe look at like, what are you running? <laughs> Why does it have so much freaking recoil? Hey, you know, past that, like you can do things the gas block, buffer, and all that shit to get her a little bit softer shooting to where it's not so crazy on the whatever. But neck tension is probably going to fix all that. And just know, like, um, when you, you know, slammer in there uh grip it rip it it's going to come out some it's just it's it's fine it's not the yeah. other world i mean thirty thousand sounds an awful lot <laughs> yeah they uh i think it's happening with both factory and hand loads more so with hand loads um interesting uh yeah i'd start messing with your gas system buffer and all heavy stuff. Buffer, so that's really interesting well heavy this is why I want to, again, this is like part of the shit I want to do this summer is like really get in depth on testing. If you're running heavy buffer, in my mind, yeah, it's going to theoretically slow down the boat carrier. Correct? Because it's heavier. Yeah. What happens when you run a super light buffer? Realistically, I think a super that. light boat carrier like can we get the same thing but less less you know an per pound inertia going <laughs> well there's there's almost a point though because so they're using a, a mid-length gas system here and so uh, he said he's using a mid-length that's what that's what wilson's using and that's what i'm really i'm trying to figure that out that sounds like head. an awful idea there's an 18 because <laughs> right like the thing is you're slowing your you're, you're, you could slow down your you know extraction process, but all that could theoretically, like, 
there's more gas behind, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're also slowing the release right. of the bolt unlocking and that gas venting out from the chamber. So yeah, that could be. I'd swap the barrel out. <laughs> Get a longer gas system. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know. I've never, I've never observed that much. So I'd have to like, again, I'd have to see it, mess with it, like make some brass that's tighter yeah. neck tension. And, you know, I wouldn't want, Six arc, I wouldn't want that short of a gas system. Yeah. Wait, what what did he say? Intermediate? No, mid length. Mid length. Not yeah. That's what I am just trying to figure out what the what Wilson was thinking. That's pretty strange. Probably some boomer. Let's did he say on. what length barrel? Eighteen. No, it's an eighteen. Yeah. I don't want a rifle. I mean the proofs like the proofs are what rifle plus rifle one. Rifle plus one. I would want yeah. I'd want at least a rifle, if not a rifle plus one. I mean, I know it's annoying finding shit for the rifle plus one, but uh, you know, you're you're thirty grains of powder there. You know, obviously you can't run a rifle plus one on sixteen inch, can you? No, it's it's just what length are the sixteens? I don't remember. You can fear. It's close. Yeah. <laughs> You think, you think it's 12 inches. A rifle length is 12, so it's 13. Um, I mean, would it be ridiculous? Yes. But again, everybody's kind of... Let's be honest. I think everybody's kind of fucked off on the 6-Arc anyway with the initial approach for the manufacturers because it is a gassier setup. Yes. Well, the powders that it excels in for velocity are shitty powders. Yeah. Until someone like... I'm sure Hornady is messing messing with their people and uh, other people are paying attention to get like a better, cleaner burning uh, pounder for that like 30 grain, 30 grains weight region. Yeah. Like I said, you know, it'll perform good with certain pounders, but like the ball pounders really perform well as, as a taste of velocity. And those tend to be like dirty uh very temp sensitive powders and that's why like hornady's definitely running like a slower technically speaking a slower burning ball powder in the 108s currently well the last batch i got super dirty it really likes a longer gas system which i mean also everything i'm talking about is based off of running suppress so i mean you have the added back pressure as well yeah uh so uh, on the same uh, the same vein, Red Dog asks, "I don't believe you mentioned it. What whose whose bolt are you running on that particular gun? We have no idea. It's the, which it's the uh, it was this was the talk with the six arc. I told me to talk with the six arc uh, eighteen green, inch greeny green one. Actually, I shot it today, so I know oh, offhand okay. that actually that one got Odin. Okay, so yeah, we've used a mix a lot of the JP bolts, and then you've had a couple of the Odins. Have we used anything else? JP's Odin's uh I feel like I've got a CMMG in one of mine. No, you, I know I do. You do. Yeah, yeah. So far, which I kind of have to check and see what's currently in the 145 because it has the highest round count. Everything else has I was that 145 was an Odin because that was before I got the JP's. You got the Odin at a local Oh, yes, right. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, it's San yeah. Angelo. So it's it's definitely an Odin. Uh or maybe I pulled the the bolt head. Is that what you call it on AR fifteen? Yeah. I might have pulled the bolt head off of that one and put it on one of my uh 
bootleg bolt adjustable bolt carriers. Oh, I think that's maybe. A, yeah, but it's. I remember <laughs> the I'm, first one was. But I've got Odin's. I've got a CMMG. We've got the JP. Uh, I don't remember what's in my uh, what are my newer ones? I mean, like I said, the, that that particular one, whatever's in that fourteen five, has the highest round count so far. No I'm surprised issues. we haven't really heard anything about you know because usually like you know Grendel's. It's always there's so much talk about the actual bolts. I don't think there's enough ammo out there for people to wear yeah, them out yet. That's what I'm saying. I think that's what the <laughs> what the issue is. Richard Lane's uh, working on building a lightweight uh, one and done AR-15 and six arc, and he was thinking about 16 inch carbon barrel. What are your thoughts on 16, and what twist weight would you recommend? Whatever they have available, it's probably gonna be like a seven, seven and a half, somewhere around there. I love my carbon barrel ones. I mean, I've got all, are all your carbon arcs uh, proofs. I believe so. Yeah, I was, believe I, so. I was one in seven seven five. I believe so. <laughs> it's either going to be a one seven one seven five. Uh, whatever they have, it's probably going to be the right twist. I mean, unless, I can't imagine anybody making anything. Well, as far as carbon barrels, you're going to be kind of locked in like one seven yeah. one seven five. It's going to be totally fine for anything you want to do. It's Sixteen inch is great length, like. I need to get some BSF. I need to get a six arc BSF in and test it. And so far, you know, and I only use mine for hunting. Like that BSF two two four Valkyrie is freaking an, a good shooting rifle. Yeah, it's been fantastic. Matt Scott asks, "Have you had a chance to play with a diligent wolf hunter yet?" Uh, he's curious about it versus the enticer for a six arc oh, setup. Yeah. I, <laughs> I love it. Enticer what? Because the wolf hunter, they're titanium. Well, on bricks. your, on your yes. setup, you were, I don't know. Now I have a wolf hunter on a six arc, a uh, sixteen inch prototype. Uh, the enticers are such good cans. I don't even know. Like, I, I could, yeah. I recommend you getting whatever you want. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, like, uh, like he said, the in, the difference between like the in, like if we're comparing apples to apples, enticer STI and the wolf hunter. I think the difference is like four decimals is what he said. Do you remember? Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, the internals and the end cap. Now you can, I just recommend getting any of them. The Enticer S, Enticer STI, or the Wolf Hunter. I mean, the Wolf Hunters are rad because they're six millimeter dedicated. As far as accuracy goes, I've noticed like any difference in actually like one being better than the other on any of my six arcs. Uh, or 224 Valkyries and stuff like that. Because I've tested the Wolf Hunter on a bunch of them. <coughs> and uh, all the enticer cans, they shoot, you know, freaking fantastic. Uh, the Song Dog Sniper asks, uh, seating depth is in reference to the 22 Creedmoor video. How far off the land is a good seating depth to start with? He runs 80 Green Burger VLDs. It's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. VLDs are... Eh. It's probably going to be one of those that likes to be close to the lands, but, you know, it's going to be up to you. I mean, you're going to, you're going to have to deal with, is this the hard, hardest one to answer because the 20 degrees still has a lot of weird chamber specs out there. So basically the best thing for you to do is have the horny OAL gauge, you know, find out where that bullet hits lands, see how it looks as far as how far it's coming out of your cartridge case. Go from there. Uh, thereabouts and test that projectile in your your own chamber see where it hits lands and then compare that to 
you know, cartridge overall length. It still fits in your magazine, all that kind of shit. Cause like, I, I have no idea what all he's running. And like I said, we've been trying to track down like all the different, uh, chamber specs for the 20 degree. Yeah. That shit's still all over the place. As far as like a uh, freeborn, all that kind of shit. He's just going to have to figure, find that out for himself. This guy says whack with a bunch of K's. <laughs> You're whack. Uh, Matt Scott says, I would love to see the details in a six-hour talk. This is talking about our intro to reloading. And then asks, what about using Rumble? What about using Rumble? I've, you know what? I've had a few people say the same thing. Um, yeah, I'm going to put this up to you guys. I've thought about it. I didn't know if anybody would actually be interested in it. I can mirror everything to Rumble. What is Rumble? It's like a, uh, alternative video hosting platform. Um, it's, you know, a lot of the people who got kicked off YouTube and stuff. I got you. It's probably the biggest, I would assume one of the biggest next to YouTube. Let's start posting there. Yeah. Just more work. (laughs) No, but it's, you can actually, I think set it up to where it'll automatically. I think there's there's different ways, but yeah, it's uh, again something I've talked about uh, with a couple other people and just been on the fence. So if you guys if you guys want to see it on Rumble, we can make that happen. Just post down below, let us know. Is Rumble one of those that you can like? We can talk about stuff, point at things, touch guns. Theoretically, yes. I don't like that theoretically talk. Yeah, because we could you could do specific stuff over there. You just have to build the build the audience. The uh, gotcha. That's what a lot of people will do. They'll have like their stuff they post on both, and then they'll have like a lot of streamers are going to Rumble. And so, if they're talking about uh, the wait, do I have a sensor button? Is it here? That is, oh, that's not a sensor button. <laughs> okay, there we go. So, if you talk about like the uh, uh, you can't say those on YouTube, really? No, like you'll you'll you'd get taken down. Like if we started talking about that a lot on here, or pretty much any, like anything like borderline, you can't like they literally like that's where everybody's gotten screwed. Um, like they, a lot of the a lot of popular podcasts like won't even let you say the word. That's so stupid. Seamus Ward says no way is six arc okay for hogs. Havelina maybe, but he's seen dozens of male hogs run off with a three or eight round stuck in their fat layer. He no longer thinks 308 is acceptable for hogs now because of how many times he's seen it. First hand, 4570 is his go-to for hogs. Zero chance in hell a six millimeter going to cut it on their piglets, maybe, but definitely not full grown. <laughs> uh, sir, what's his name? Seamus. Shameless? Seamus. Seamus. That's a fake profile. Uh, please visit my Instagrams and watch all the videos of six hogs just smoking pigs. Maybe learn how to shoot. <laughs> Rude. With all due respect. You know what? Uh, <laughs> maybe. You know what? No. Just no. Learn how to shoot. This guy said, where are we buying our long rifle primers? Large rifle primers. That's a great question. <laughs> Wish I knew the answer to it. Yeah. Got a, I don't know, about 30,000 more pieces of 22 Creed brass can't load right now because of it. This is on, on 22 Creed. Um any any considerations on the Nosler RDF seventy grain performance on Whitetail? On twenty degree, no. I actually ran that particular projectile for coyotes. Now, will it kill it? Yes. Would that be what I recommend? No. Uh, 
He says he primarily uses the eight, uh, 80 and a half um, burger. Yeah, but uh, as a backup option, he's saying it would work, basically. The 77, I'd probably, it'd be okay. But 70, it might be a little bit too explosive. I mean, anything will work if you shoot them right. I'm just like, are you calling out deer and you just want something like fun to head pop with? Oh, no, this is his daughter's uh, um, hunting rifle. Go the 77s at least. Strictly whitetail. Yeah. <clears throat> 88 grand ELDMs are great. I mean, we've taken tons of whitetail with 88s. Mm-hmm. There's also an 85, I believe it's 85 grain RDF would work fantastic as well. Actually, it might, depending on how hard he's leaning on it, what twist rate, the 85 RDF might pinhole through if he's going real slow. But the 88 ELDM, it's going to, we've had lots of good luck out of 88 ODMs on whitetail. So it's funny, somebody else mentioned uh, uh, the Unitaw Precision Bolt Gun Uppers, uh, another comment. Just, I believe it's Uinta. Uinta? I don't know how it's pronounced. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's the AR bolt action. That's not something I would ever look up in a million years. <laughs> but I'm a dickhead, <clears throat> so. For the people that aren't that are really into... <clears throat> AR platforms that are never going to like go out and buy a bunch of different boat guns and yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. I can, I can see it. Or like, if you want one gun, kind of like one gun box, do it all type thing. It could be kind of cool to run like a certain upper for long range planking or whatever. And then have like a separate upper sitting aside with the thermal already on it for pigs. That'd be pretty cool, but why wouldn't you just like? I don't. I feel as if like the six arc, being what it is, took any thoughts I had away from running that particular setup. I guess my because it gets into like I would never. I guess it would, it would make certain a lot of sense in certain obviously for legal reasons, certain jurisdictions, and I'm sure for like hunting restrictions, I'm sure there's some workarounds it would provide. Yeah. I just couldn't ever see my, like, I would never have a bunch of uppers that go on one lower. So, like, that kind of takes away some of the utility for me. Yeah. And then, it's boat gun's a boat gun, man. AR is an AR. But that's, uh, it's, again, I just, not my thing, but it, well, looks, like, it looks really nice. Like I said, I mean, they, they all, they've been doing it right. I'll give them that. Because uh, they are pretty popular. Like, all the worst things about an AR, I don't want on my boat gun. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But as good as shit is nowadays, like, here's how I would want to play it. Yeah. I'd want to, like, test one of theirs, like, full builds before I did anything. I, like, because if the uh, upper and lower aren't super tight, like most of your high-quality ARs nowadays, I wouldn't want the shit. It's like that's one of the greatest things about a boat gun is you don't have those like sloppy tolerances. But like I said, pre six arc, like wanting to keep things like super simple, but you still want a boat gun and all that kind of stuff. Like I, I, kind of, I probably would have been about like something oh, like God, that. At least they're not okay. They're not doing the. Um, I hate nothing more than right, that, the, the, they, that they'll take a, well they'll take an AR fifteen bolt face and they'll they, they keep it. Yeah. On something like, a, like, yeah, 
Yeah, where they basically they're like welding a handle onto, onto yeah. an AR-15 bolt. Uh. All right, so that's I just wanted to mention there. Um, maybe one day you'll play around with it. Yeah, I mean, I've threatened to get some before, and it's just it's not really how my priority list. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. I should have one, just have one. Uh, and like I said, like I can see a very particular use case where it'd be handy, uh, and cool, like. But I just, I carry multiple guns. So that's, <laughs> I don't, you know, I've often threatened to like, especially like going out of town trips where I'm going to be doing like different kinds of hunting is like taking one lower and several uppers. And, you know, I even built out some for that very particular reason. But at the same time, I'm like, I should build lowers for all those. Cause it's like, it's kind of annoying. But I can, I can see the validness that bolt action shit aside like i can see the validness of building like a couple different uppers one for like daytime hunting one for thermal hunting the thermal's already sided in on the upper and all that kind of stuff like that i might potentially do that but especially as like space saving if like i'm going out of town somewhere hunting and stuff like that Mm -hmm. instead of carrying multiple rifles like i tend to do potentially i could just maybe carry a couple different uppers but at the same time, I'm like, I wish this thing had its own. <laughs> Colton Smith says, and this is from our optics overload, peep the AR on the table that has a mag in it and is on fire the entire episode. My favorite podcast, hands down. Uh, you'll see that a lot, and it's because it's been, uh, the trigger's been pulled. It's, I just, I'm, it's. I love how people on here are like. <laughs> well, he's pointing it out from like a, like, fuck the safety Nazi perspective, because people get all oh. twerked off. I'm curious. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, that's no. If it's on this here, table, here's the deal. Here's what you city folk don't realize: <laughs> uh, it is pointed in the safe direction. If he shoots out there, there's that's actually you're you'd almost be shooting down the firing range from that. Like if you just had it like a slightly different angle. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's nine times. Well, no. Every time a rifle's in here, there might be, and there probably was. The magazine's probably full, but I yeah. pull the magazine, yeah. check the chamber yeah, as I'm yeah, walking yeah. in. And then press trigger. I don't know how y'all's ARs work, but unless I... Oh, sir, I run an HK416. I am able to put it back on safe, so it sucks to suck. <laughs> All of them have been checked. They're technically... Most of the magazines are generally loaded, but everything else, like, yeah. No. Here's the deal. Uh, but, the uh, safety's implied. We don't... We're not going to walk through it with you guys. Yeah. I don't I don't give a shit. I'm never going to be like, give, oh, the chamber's give, clear. Give them the... This, <laughs> this is our safety right there. Black Hawk Down. Greatest movie ever. Um, you know top 10 at least yeah uh are we safe with firearms all the time yeah sure why not (laughs) Ah! my bedtime did it disappear my sunday bedtime i walked in there earlier the kid over here and brooks like coming to bed (laughs) (laughs) yeah like no unfortunately like i'm on vacation yet we still it's like I was like, uh, now we're going to do a 12 minute talk. <laughs> if you guys only knew what we sacrificed for you. Yeah. <laughs> like, you guys get priority over our sleep. Um, how much do suppressors affect the velocity of the rifle? <sighs> the question. Uh, it's all over the place. I've, I have never seen it slow it down. I've only seen it do nothing or speed it up. Is it is it negligible? Would you say? 
because it's never I mean you're not getting an extra 500 feet per second no not that much <laughs> it's like what usually 10 20 somewhere around there i'd have to go pull data out of books and all that shit uh i don't care if it slowed it down 10 or 20 i'd still run damn express john summit with the dude what happened to your beard he had a moment of weakness folks he let it overcome him it'll, it'll never be back to the way it was oh this winter <laughs> that's i was uh i was as distraught as you viewers i might imagine is I think I did. I scream. I think I screamed. Yes. I think I actually had physical tears. No, no, no. The day I mentioned it, you screamed. Yeah. And you looked like I had just tried to rape you. The look on your face. You basically, basically what you're doing to me. But the day I you actually saw me because it was like a couple of days after did it, you just like. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, well, you didn't go. At me. Well, here's here's what I had feared: is you going full, full, uh, full off, full cheek showing. I remember nah. when contractor mode, as I like to call it. <laughs> GC. No, I just, I tr- it's already growing back fast as shit. I just trimmed her down for the summer. Like it. Mm. Yeah. She gets annoying. Well, luckily this summer, you're, uh, <laughs> you have an office job. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever. This guy, this is fucking hilarious. Leopold Glass agrees with my eyes. What a boomer comment. And he put laughing emojis, but just a joke. It's okay to joke. I can take him. <laughs> he is so much of a boomer. For four months, barf 13-year-old valley girl with all the likes. Five minutes in and all BS talk. You guys have way more time on your hands than I do. Yes. What? Wait, what did he say? Uh, I don't know if it would have been you or me having the word like a lot, which does suck. Sounds uh, like you. You do it sometimes too, though. Oh, whatever. And then we're just all, apparently we're all bullshitting. I don't know what we were bullshitting about in the beginning of the optics video. I don't remember that was weeks ago. That's what we do sometimes. Uh, It's a podcast. (laughs) I bet that guy's fun at parties. He probably is. Probably fucking hilarious. (laughs) Did he really, did he say barf? Yeah. Yeah. What is this? A fucking, (laughs) are you Bart Simpson? Barf. Out of here. <laughs> oh, I'm hoping this creates an environment where more people shit talk us because if you shit talk us, we will feature it on the show. I'm yes. so excited for it. Yes. Um, oh, this person literally took notes. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Salty Trucker. Te- salty Texas Trucker. I've seen his comments on a few videos. Uh, Lawrence Lee, you made a comment on an earlier episode that you prefer night vision over thermal. Why is that? And what is your favorite night vision? So, uh, the literally the next video after that wasn't it? Yeah, we kind of addressed it, but just to, to talk over that again, uh, mostly uh, the refresh rate because in thermal you're looking at a screen, night vision you're literally looking at like there's there's no refresh rate right. So when it comes to shooting targets that are in motion, that refresh rate does come into effect. Think of it like uh, video gamers running high uh, hertz monitors and stuff like that. It's uh, do you really think the person you talk to is going to possibly? Get that? Possibly Lawrence Lee. Look at this guy. He's probably very sophisticated. He probably we're we're on YouTube. Ninety percent of the videos are gamers. But anyway, high you know high refresh rate. It's kind of a limitation in thermals right now. I'm sure that'll you'll see that come into play down the road with like marketing of like oh this is high high refresh rate thermal. It's easier to shoot behind. Right. Uh, Your favorite night vision. You run the the clip on the uh, L3 the PVS 24 LR. Um, It's pretty badass. Mm -hmm. Also ten thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. 
Armor uh, side <laughs> has oh, we... a new one. Oh, I don't even care. Uh, that's uh, much cheaper. It's supposed to be for long range. Might have to try one out. Uh, frankly, sure the stupid back good. and forth that goes on in this podcast is its most hilarious draw card. You're welcome. Frankly. And then he he uh, he adds it at the end. Also looks like the personal grooming standards have improved. So we got a, <laughs> we got a thumbs up for the beard. That's probably Kyle or somebody. <laughs> uh, Miles did comment on our most latest podcast. I did, I did see that. Let's see. You should send him a box of dog crap to the mail. It wouldn't be no fun if there wasn't no like banter bullshit and yeah, and this is also kind of our therapy, folks. We're gonna be honest. <laughs> we all ever go with thermal. It kind of is. It kind of is. Most people. I don't talk to most people. Yeah, you guys think okay. This is the deal. You think he's like some sophisticated? Oh, I have a podcast. I do all this stuff. No, no. Literally, all he does is like, like shoot guns and kill stuff and think about shooting guns and kill stuff and do stuff in preparations for shooting guns and kill stuff. <laughs> like he won't go out to eat. He doesn't do dinner parties. <laughs> like if his friends invite him over to somewhere, he won't go. That's uh, the dinner parties portion is not true to that because we have our podcast guests and I have family yeah, all here. The no, no dinner parties <laughs> that you host. You won't go anywhere else. No. Well, the thing about it is I, I noticed this, uh, this trend a lot and i'm like man maybe i'm just a boring son of a bitch you're, no you're just an asshole but when i talk to people like they don't want to talk about things i care about they want to talk about like whatever but like what's going on in the world yeah you know, i don't the I things don't. they want to talk about yeah it's kind of thing you go to places <laughs> and you can talk about what you want to talk about and then you can talk about what they want to talk about well, this thing, like most people are... are they called relationships? They glaze over when they're like, they'll ask me a question. It starts out by them asking me a question about guns and <clears throat> or something, you know, ammo, whatever. And I, I'll try to answer the question and they just kind of glaze over. And I'm like... <laughs> I just... Nothing's worse than like, okay. <laughs> and especially these days. Like if you're known as like the gun guy among a, a, a group of friends. And then there's always the other person who like, oh yeah, <sighs> so-and-so's husband's a gun guy. Yeah. And then you get like stuck talking to that person. Yeah. And they're, and they, they're like, they own a gun. Yeah. Yeah. They shot it once. So they're looking at getting a new thing and, or all of them like, <laughs> and, and you're like, you're not even like opinionated enough to where I could like, at least like get, you know, are you here at this party? But it's, you just have to kind of like, here's what happens. They pull out their phone. They start showing you their guns. And you have to go, oh, that's cool. Oh, that's nice. Oh Yeah. Oh, man, sweet grip pod, you know? <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, that could be a whole thing on its own. Awkward. Maybe we'll talk about it someday. Yeah, but anyway, Wade's an asshole. He doesn't do anything. I'm not an asshole. Uh, <laughs> so on and so forth. Uh, will you all ever go over thermal optics? Uh, that's a someday. Someday. I want to have... Uh, oh, while we're on the subject, uh, Anthony Amitine, Texas killer, whatever you know him as, good friend of mine, has been talking about coming down here for years now or coming over here. I guess it wouldn't be the more apt description from where he lives. Tell him to come out here and let's talk. Like, I want to talk to him about thermal. I want to talk to somebody else about thermal because here's my stance on thermal. It's expensive and I don't like it that much. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't. Well, it's a horrible short term investment or long term yes. investment because the new ones come out. Yeah, it depreciates very quickly. Like the night vision unit you have that you got, like the, the one that we're, we just talked about, it's like it's still worth what it was worth. Yes, it's fantastic. It's invaluable in my opinion. 
Whereas like thermal, I already have a bunch of very costly habits. Thermal to get into the good shit, you're way up there in price. And I don't, it's like me and pistols. Like I, I'm buying a few more pistols here and there and I'm shooting them more often than I typically would. But as far as like getting into that full war, like I, I don't, I don't need another hobby uh, my my mind is taken up with like all the long range and all the other kind of bullshit information. I don't have any more room to start getting like to keep up with even more shit because I've I found the older I get, the more shit I learn, other shit goes away. <laughs> so I, you know, no, <laughs> just buy a thermal. Uh, listen to someone else. Like I and I you know I don't even know like. I would much rather get someone else on here like very into thermals like I am into like say guns or something. Well, you know, it's like scopes. we've always talked about it. it's so like it's so dependent to what you're doing. Yes. And a lot of like the East Texas stuff lends well to the thermal. Like a lot of the hunting style that you see that a lot of the people who are posting the videos on thermals, like that's where thermal excels. Yeah. But everywhere else that's kind of it's, it's like, just not I have several. It's a tool in a toolbox and there's times that call for it and I use them for pigs and I use them for like scanning and that's, that's it. Yeah. Uh, again, it, and it's also primarily like a, a cost thing. Like that shit's expensive and it's like new and it's just like everything else. New models coming out every single year. And that's <coughs> well, it's just, not just new I, models. It's new models from all these different companies and it's just, it's so hard to keep up with. I mean, again, when you already have an optics problem. Yes. The, I don't need another one. Yeah. <laughs> And it, Again, I just we're on the we're on the precipice of them really improving. I just I can feel yeah. it. I can feel it in my gut. M- bug the shit out of Amatine. Tell him get out here and we'll talk all the thermal. Yeah. Ask him all the questions because someone like him, he works for that company and all that stuff. He's gonna see all the newest, latest, greatest stuff. He's gonna have all the information as far as you know Hertz and Microns and all that other bullshit. Maybe at some point, maybe we can get some of those guys out here, the uh, Ultimate Night Vision guys, like. To nerd out on a shit like what I've watched a few good podcasts where they've came in, but I, there's still a lot of stuff like I'd really like to ask, like, what does this mean? What is this for? What are you looking for as it pertains to this? Like, yeah, there's, it, we'll get to it eventually. It's just how oh, it's, it's not high pro. It's not my favorite. Yeah. Well, you're also, this is where Wade is a boomer. He gets, he gets his little things that he likes. And yeah, like, don't fuck it well, up. Well, I mean, primarily it's the refresh rate and the uh, their garbage on higher magnification. Yeah. So, like, you're stuck with your your best quality is in the lower magnification. They don't have good eye relief because it's literally looking at a TV screen. So you're 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 stuck into running like these super weird cantilever type mounts or running an AR, and just yeah, it's just not my thing. There's the depth perception bullshit. A lot of people are super successful at it, and that's great and good for them. I'd much rather predator hunt with lights. It's just something about that that's way more exciting to me than the fucking thermals. Uh, South Texas Outdoorsman, for the love of suppressors, please release the audio f- the audio only first take. Everyone wants to hear Fitzy rant. Fuck the boomers and the fuds. Let them bitch. That was pretty that harsh. At the end was a cruel tease. Is, is this my alt account? <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for the positive feedback. You were, <laughs> you shouldn't release the audio only. I, so I'm working on something. 
Oh God. I'm gonna. Here's the. Here's the. I'm gonna spoil it because I can't keep secrets. I'm. I've been working with AI plugins, and I'm trying to find one to create like an AI version of you, so that I can do the audio only, and it's like AI you. Because that'd be, but like over the top and ridiculous. Because I think it'd be hilarious. So that's kind of what I've been working on behind the scenes. I might have some more time to work oh on it. Oh my week. god. I let's see in quotes. Fitzy have a desperate need to be liked on the internet. So <laughs> I enjoyed this oh. comment. Thank you. Thank, thank you. You helped a uh, plus one dopamine. <laughs> um, <clears throat> how does it can affect philosophy? Hey, we just answered that. Wow. Wow. That's kind of the point of these Q and A's is hopefully universally like, because yeah, a lot of a lot of people, and this isn't even like this is a small amount of the questions overall that we get. Yeah, and hunting season, that shit's just like, and a lot of it is the same questions on multiple different platforms. And this is a good one. Uh, this is just a comment from uh, JKD0114 podcast idea. Try try talking about minimalistic predator hunting or budget predator hunting. Yes, I had uh, I think the cool video would be like, you know, if I only like the like the basics like this the the 10 things that i would need to do yes, this or whatever i uh, highlighted that one myself <clears throat> wayne Minson asking best uh, factory 6 art gas gun under a 1000 for coyotes and hogs what the <coughs> what are those smith and wessons priced up a little bit over that 11 12 so close 1400 um yeah i don't know who i don't know sub 1000 no experience so what is it? CMMG is more than that, isn't it? I think that I thought the CMMGs were a little bit more expensive, but probably in that Smith and Weston CMMG price range. Did you say AR? Yeah. Oh, you can get that shit with boat gun for sure. Yeah. But uh, AR is gonna be tough nowadays. It's gonna be real tough, and I don't have any experience with like any thousand dollar ones. Most of them, like, what's is it the Springfield or Smith and Wesson? I always get it the Volunteer. I think it's Smith and Wesson, right? And that one video yeah. was in there. Yeah. For the money. Now, I did swap out the trigger right off the bat. For the money, that thing shoots great. So, there's that. Um, this is actually a great question. Uh, I Oh, wait. I can't read the name. It's Bucking Fastard. Ooh, little. Wait, no. I, I just cussed like a million times. In the, what the hell are we talking about? Um, why <laughs> such a short barrel 22 Creed more when there's such a velocity-dependent round? Is it still slapping as hard as a 24 to 26? What does slapping mean? <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, when you get the the, uh, the wooden spoon and the pot of macaroni and cheese. I think someone answered that, but go back and watch the 22 Creedmoor video. Yeah, it's re- it's really not. Like, think about if you really like 22 Creedmoor is, it's really not velocity dependent. You get a bunch of velocity because it is a 22. Like, <laughs> the reverse of that it's uh the, in that video i touch on like barrel links and all that stuff and uh there's been multiple other videos about the creedmoor cartridge case family 18 inch and longer it really like does fantastic but like especially when you step down to a <clears throat> 22 grade in the 18 inch barrel i can run some pretty salty velocities with the 75 graders and up now again go back and watch the video Yes, that that one particular 22 grade has uh, dealt out a fair amount of death over the past two years. 
so it's doing just fine. Like it's still very like, flat shooting run at seventy five grain EODM. Well, I think the reality is when you get a can on there, like twenty inches, when when you start shooting suppressed, twenty inches is a long barrel. Yeah. So like getting eighteen into the, inch with the right can is still a long barrel. I mean, oh yeah, you throw a Hyperion on an eighteen inch barrel, it's excessive. It's long boy. I mean, obviously, a twenty four inch is going to be running faster. Obviously. Yeah, but, but can it's well, it's more question. Can I reach the performance I want on the the whatever the use case? Man, that word. I'm just gonna get on a stamp or something. You know, what is your use case? What are you doing with it? If it can meet that specification, then it's fine. Yes, and it does. The 18 inch performs just fine. Like I don't remember the exact velocity off the top of my head. Go back and watch 22 grade video. But I do know this because I shoot it quite often still. Uh, the 18 inch running 75 grain EODM. And this is like a, this is a pretty fair load. Like it's not, I'm not pushing the, pushing it to its max potential at all. Uh, it's 0.5 mil at 300 yards with a hundred yards zero. That's, it's still like, um, a very flat shooting out all the way out to a thousand yards when you want to plank and count on like, yeah, there's tons of people that do it. Is it better at a 24 inch? It'd be that much better. It'd be about a 25 feet per second velocity gain per inch that you climb. But what's that going to buy you? Yeah. <laughs> it's just a cow rig. It's already, I'm already like aim a little bit high at 300. I can still kill the cow. So now if we're talking nighttime, that's where I roll out the long barrels. Cause I don't care. Like the chip, the rack rigs. 24 inch screaming velocities. I don't give a shit, but it, like daytime, I'm going compact as much as possible. Kind of like a, it's going kind of like a long bed truck. Like it's really convenient. Like when you specifically need to do that, yes. but it just sucks in every other situation. Yeah. Oh, and man, we're getting a lot of love these days. And I, I appreciate it. Michael Cerrone agreed with the whole podcast. So that's already, you're already starting off on a great foot. Um, <laughs> and no one, no one compares to you two. Uh, yeah, I think we're pretty great combo. What a nice guy. What a, yeah, what a great guy. Miles Com, why are you guys so jealous of other YouTube channels? Well, you see, Miles, there's this thing called resentment that happens when you're not like achieving like what you should be doing. So you look around to other people and you have to, you know, you can't just accept the fact they're doing better than you. You have to mentally uh, like degrade them in your mind and create reasons why they're successful and you're not. So what you're seeing there when we complain about other people is we're just psychologically trying to build ourselves up by tearing other people down. That's what that is. The irony of that statement is you're doing the same thing, Miles Cobb. Yeah, Miles. Why don't you like go do something with your life? What do you, yeah. what do you even do? What do you do other than up show up here over like there in Houston every four months randomly? Putting ketchup on enchiladas and shit. Does he do that? I think that's a cow thing. Oh, okay. Well, I think uh, there's some other stragglers we didn't get to, but I think, I mean... That is an hour and a half of us answering questions. That's getting, that's a full. We're just gonna do a full podcast on that. When was our first? I guess that's our third Q and A, but that's our uh, that's our first. Like, hey, get the comments in there. Doing everything else. Well, this will probably wind up transforming into a live stream. We do. Um, right. We just we'd have to figure out the day on that where we can do a live stream. You guys can answer questions live, and then we can uh, answer them. That would probably be. It's a better format for this, but we're introducing this into the, the, the mind. So if you guys think of a good day for doing a stream, becoming streamers. I think, uh, you know, we should do that. Well, now that once the ally thing's done, I think we get that set up. 
because they have the internet to be able to yeah sustain a stream Just do them up there see so yeah, our secondary our backup studio if you will that's getting finished Got to order all the the stuff for it soon and then we'll be doing that we're really about to start launching uh i'll put it up here it'll go ding uh, we started the Alley Outdoors YouTube channel right now. I just have a short on there. We haven't actually posted anything. So if you guys could go subscribe over there, that's going to be a host through the summer. We're going to start doing a lot of uh, just very specific non non reviews, but like overviews of product, whether that's like, uh, you know, sc- like scope unboxings, uh, you know, gun unboxings, things of that nature. We're going to start putting out content there. Long form getting into reviews, I think, is the intention with that. Um, so yeah, if you like and subscribe on that channel, we, we can get that get that going soon. But other than that, anything else? Lots of new stuff coming up on AlliedMunitions.com. Fishing shirts are uploaded. Our apparel should be in new apparel soon. Hopefully this week. Uh, <laughs> the ammo that went on the. Uh, end of season blowout sale just today which when you're reading this it'll be hearing this it'll be wednesday so potentially may not be left but in case there is <laughs> two two three fifty two grain bought to hollow point favored amongst a lot of our uh, customers but again we made tons of it a little bit left so we went in uh marked it down the end of season uh, excuse me the end of season blowout sale. There's still a little bit more of the 243, 68 grain. There's still a little bit more of the 22 nozzle. Better snag it up. We have optics now. Go check it out. Uh, if there's something you'd like to see on the website that us carry as far as optics go, let us know down below. Like this is where, you know, we pull stuff, ideas, and everything else. We, uh, we have shotgun ammo now. There's going to be more. Uh, Man, that's just about it. I mean, we're adding tons of stuff to the website, like almost weekly. Fishing shirts. I like fishing shirts. We'll probably have a reel about that at some point. Really nice shirts in the new apparel. You yeah, better be and, ready on the new apparel. And you just want to comment nice things about us, uh, stroke our egos, but that's also appreciated. <laughs> well, folks, we appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all listening, watching, like, subscribe, all that crap. Yeah, no, it's great. It's great. We're uh, we do we we really do appreciate you know hearing from you guys because it kind of directs what we do. Yeah, more or less. yeah. You have a uh, subjects you'd like us to cover. Let us know down below. Yeah, questions. Let us know down below. We'll catch the next Q and A. Like that's that's what this the whole point of this podcast is like. Talk to cool people and answer questions essentially. Yeah, we've had a very we've had a drought of cool people. Well, well we I mean, had two of them. <laughs> the coolest <laughs> well, i mean hey if you want to come on the podcast and you're interesting yeah reach out reach uh out. we're finally getting to a point to where maybe we can start scheduling guests again like things were way too crazy the past several months and <sighs> guests will be coming back like we didn't just go all of a sudden go solo it's just like our schedules have been chaos yeah we film. we've been filming most of these either like super late at night, super early in the morning, or, or on uh, Sunday. Yeah, we're like yeah, late on afternoon, Sunday, Sunday, and even then, like we don't schedule. It's like oh hey, I just finished up this project. Okay, get down here. So we're uh we're working on it. Yeah, I mean I I can you know, but yeah, the don't worry. 
both this channel and all the other channels, you're about to get a content uh, overload. Overload. Yeah, there's going to be plenty of stuff. So we don't, don't you worry your pretty little heads. It's going to be fun. Stuff's coming. But yeah, y'all have a good one. Thanks for listening. See you guys next time.